Hey, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm obligated at this point to ask you to remember to like my podcasts and share them and subscribe to them and love me and validate me um, or just enjoy this one. Up to you. The first blog post I ever wrote was called How to Ruin a Life in Seven Years. And uh, I wrote it on September 6th. I had just come back from Las Vegas. My husband and I went for our wedding anniversary, um, which is the day before. And I was just reflecting on what we had been through and, and all of the things that we had done together. And it felt appropriate at the time since he enabled me to quit my job and do all of this and encouraged me in every single step. It seemed fitting that the first blog post I wrote would be about us and our relationship. So here goes. I hope you enjoy. How to Ruin a Life in Seven Years by Jackie McGuire. Bad Vibes and Loneliness. I had decided on a whim, after a fairly disastrous experience at Oregon Eclipse Festival, to go to Burning Man and try to shake my weird vibes. But Thursday, though, those bad vibes had ratcheted themselves to 11. Thanks to camp mismanagement and a few bad encounters, I had been having a fairly mediocre time at Burning Man up until Thursday night anyway, but then a trip into the building that they built around the man had left me shaken and homesick. I wasn't sure what the dark feeling I had was at the time, but I knew I had to get home. I'll leave the dirty details for my rave.family posts, but as soon as I made the decision to leave, I felt a huge amount better and I packed as fast as the heat would allow and drove back on Friday during the day. The trip home was just as stressful as the time on the playa had been, including traffic stops and a second lost tire tread, the first of which I lost on the way there. There wasn't enough weed to smoke to de-stress from this trip. I shifted my focus to my joy at being back with my partner. When you're fully entangled with your soulmate, as we are, you really start to kind of die a little bit if you're apart for too long. I also realized after it was too late that I'd signed up for Burning Man on Labor Day weekend, which was the weekend of our wedding anniversary. I was elated to be home early enough to spend time with my kids and have time to celebrate our anniversary. I was a little bit bummed out, though, because I had always envisioned going back to Las Vegas for our lucky number seven wedding anniversary. When I mentioned that to Adam, he ran with it, checking in with our beloved nanny to see if she could come watch the kids, and as usual, she was wonderful and offered to be here early Sunday to stay overnight so that we could have an actual getaway. To make things even better, we had just picked up some pretty sweet pith hats and were on a mission to play homage to fear and loathing. Where it started. The reason I'd been so determined to go back to Vegas for this anniversary had a lot to do with how our wedding had gone. You see, my in-laws aren't the biggest fans of mine. Adam had been dating another girl for four years who had become fairly close to his family, including his sister. She was slated to be the maid of honor in his sister's upcoming wedding, and she made it a point to maintain contact with his mother. She also made it a point to express that she was open to getting back together, despite having cheated on him and still currently dating the guy that she'd cheated with. Adam, being the private and respectful person that he was, hadn't told his family that she had cheated. He just told them things hadn't worked out. So when I went to meet the family during Thanksgiving the year before we got married, they were all still fairly hopeful that Adam would get back together with his ex. Add to this the fact that I was a fairly loud, still somewhat chubby, and far more abrasive version of myself, and I had an affinity for all of the words you can't say on television. Though my meeting with his dad had gone fairly well, halfway through the evening at his mom's house for dinner, when the adults were all sitting around drinking and playing party playoff, I used the term motherfucker and Adam's mom exploded. Can we take a fuck break? She screamed. Everything is fuck this and balls that. I was completely stunned. 
This was the same woman who had sat and laughed at It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia moments earlier, recounted euphemisms her students use for penises and vaginas, and Adam had told me before meeting that he thought would love my wit and free spirit. We all sat the rest of the evening in silence. Well, not total silence. I had told them earlier in the weekend that I didn't care for the show Friends, so that evening they watched an entire season of it. In bed that night, Adam held me as I sobbed. I hadn't been the only one swearing, but his mother had clearly taken the most offense to my words. She later said that she found it disrespectful because the term motherfucker, which I had used at Adam, insinuated that he had fucked her. Yes, she really said that. Adam and I celebrated Christmas early our first year together. Neither of us could wait to show the other what we had gotten for them. We both remembered Christmases as children being horrible, but not this one, though. And then, Christmas with his family did not go much better than Thanksgiving. Adam, his brother, and I had stayed up until 2 a.m. drinking and playing poker. We thought everyone was asleep, but it turned out that Adam's mom had been awake a few rooms over, feeding her Farmville addiction and waiting until I said something offensive to confirm for her that I was indeed the devil she thought I was. When Adam's brother dropped a highly improbable four-of-a-kind in an all-in hand, causing me to lose, I threw down my cards and said, You motherfucker! Well, we all got a good chuckle, she got her wish, and she left Christmas early. By New Year's Eve, his family had called to stage an intervention. They told him that he'd spoke, they'd spoken to his ex and she was open to reconciliation. Didn't he see, they asked, that I was ruining his life? I was a horrible influence. They hated the person that he was when he was around me. Around me, he was himself. He was open, occasionally over the top, but happy. His previous girlfriend had told him to be less, quieter, more reserved. Of the things I loved about Adam, one was his brilliant mind, and the other his work ethic. I respected him more than anyone I'd ever met before, but his family seemed to talk to him like he was stupid or a lesser person. I hated it, and I told him not to put up with it. They were threatened by me, and they didn't like that he was becoming someone that they didn't control. Adam and I knew within a few months of meeting that we were soulmates. We had started booting calling in July, but by early October... Uh, we were dating, and in December, we were wondering if it was a good idea tax-wise to get married then or to wait until the next year. Adam's sister's wedding was coming up in May of the next year, though, and we didn't want to upstage her with her own wedding. As we began talking about details, I looked up the dress that I wanted online. A white dress with red accents and train. I had fallen in love with it months before moving to California. To my horror, the dress was discontinued. I found one in my size about an hour and a half away. Adam and I weren't even engaged at the time, so I had called him to do some damage control. Please don't think I'm crazy, but I'm driving to Walnut Creek to buy a wedding dress. I'm not pressuring you for anything. Even if I don't marry you, I'll wear this dress, and it's discontinued, so I have to get it now if I want it. Luckily, he understood. I drove to the store, tried it on, and it fit like a glove. It was only $300 because it was on clearance, so I joyfully bought it and hung it in my closet. Over the next few months, I started to get anxious and pressured Adam to make some decisions. I knew I wanted to marry him, and I knew I didn't want a big wedding. His sister was in the midst of spending thousands of dollars on a traditional wedding in San Luis Obispo, where I just wanted to elope or go to a courthouse. I didn't talk to most of my family, and I knew most of his didn't really care for me. He was worried about how they would feel if we eloped or had a civil ceremony. But after his sister's disastrous wedding in May, we both knew we didn't want anything big. We had planned a trip to Vegas in September for Labor Day, and my mom had already planned to meet us there. I thought it was the perfect time to get married. 
Adam was heavily opposed and felt like I was pressuring him. Eventually, I dropped the idea, but in a drunken stupor ten days before we left for the trip, Adam insisted that I bring my dress and that we were getting married. When he was still game at our recovery brunch the next day, I was elated. He had explained that he wasn't a romantic guy and that the stress of picking out a ring and proposing had paralyzed him with fear. I suggested we both just go pick out a ring together and skip the stressful part. We ended up designing a really cool diamond, black diamond, and ruby ring. It was ready the day before we left, and Adam had found a carbon fiber ring that he loved. They couldn't get his ordered in time, but the display wouldn't fit him, so to this day, his wedding ring still says sample inside it. We laugh about it. We told his family we were getting married, and we only gave them 10 days notice if they wanted to come. We were hopeful that other than my mom, and possibly a good friend of mine who'd be maid of honor, no one would be able to travel for the wedding. Adam had a good friend in Vegas that could be his best man, and we'd have all we needed. To our horror, though, his mom, sister, brother-in-law, 14-year-old little brother, uncle, all decided to make the nine-hour drive from Sacramento to Las Vegas. Is this my wedding or not? They showed up the day after we did. We were staying at the Wynn, and they couldn't afford it, so they decided to stay off-strip. The first indication that things wouldn't go well was that they had already decided for us where we were going for dinner. It was the equivalent of our rehearsal dinner, and Adam and I wanted to go to a nicer sit-down restaurant. Being the somewhat trashy, lower-middle-class folks that our families are, though, they decided they wanted to see the medieval horse show at the Excalibur on the other end of the strip. We took a cab there, which cost $30, and ate quietly while the rest of them enjoyed their evening. In a good-faith effort to make his family part of my wedding, I made appointments for myself, my mom, my maid of honor, his mom, and his sister to get manicure and pedicures the day before the wedding while the boys were getting fitted for their tuxes. I was excited to spend a day doing the bachelorette thing and had started to cheer up a bit from dinner the evening before. As we were getting ready to leave, Adam came in the room to tell me he'd gotten a text from his mother. It read, I don't really want a manicure and pedicure, so I'm not going, and I want to spend time with your sister too, so she's also not going. Honestly, I felt like I'd been punched in the gut. The rest of the day was a bit of a blur, but I remember crying myself to sleep that night. The next morning, in an attempt to somewhat follow tradition, we had gotten a room next door so that Adam and I were apart the day of the wedding. I had watched enough wedding movies to know that the women were supposed to join me in the bridal suite, helping me get ready and offering sage wisdom and encouragement. Adam's family had apparently not watched these movies, however. They came in to say hi for a few minutes and then went back to Adam's room with him. I felt how awkward things were, and I cried. At the same time, the girl I'd asked to be my maid of honor had turned out to also be incredibly selfish. She'd been nitpicking her makeup to the point that she'd eaten into half of the time for mine. By the time it was done to her satisfaction, the makeup artist had to rush through mine. It didn't help that I was quietly crying and it needed to be touched up a few times. His family had decided that since there were more of them, they should take the limo. As I was taking the escalator down to the parking garage to drive myself to the chapel in my wedding gown, I got a black streak on it. I wanted to die. I felt so empty and disappointed. Till death do us part. Luckily, the ceremony was beautiful. The reverend couldn't have been more checked out, reciting vows from memory and having to double-check the marriage certificate to get our names right, but we honestly didn't care. We had decided to write our own vows and had kept them secret from each other. When the time came and we began reading, we realized we'd written identical vows. The times we recalled, analogies used, promises made, they were all the same. 
it was a beautiful thing. Seeing his mom cry tears that were definitely not tears of joy, however, wasn't. The ceremony ended and the reception was rushed because it was a Vegas chapel and there were people behind us in line. Elvis was outside on a smoke break when we went to take pictures, which actually gave us both a kick. We decided that the best option for getting everyone something suitable for dinner was a buffet, so we split up again and Adam and I went back to get changed out of our wedding gear. After a wild goose chase trying to find the entrance to our hotel in Vegas heat, we needed a shower. It took about an hour longer for us to get ready than we anticipated, but we figured it was our wedding and we could take our time. His family, on the other hand, were all livid by the time we got to the buffet. How rude of us to make everyone wait. They were all hungry. We ate in silence, feeling horrible that yet another part of our wedding had been hijacked, and we spent the evening with Adam's teenage brother riding roller coasters at Circus Circus and trying to forget how much of a disaster our entire wedding had been. First Anniversary By our first anniversary, we were well on our way to ruining each other's lives. I was in school working towards my degree, and Adam also went back to school with my encouragement and had just finished his degree in sustainable HVAC engineering. We had taken new jobs and moved to Tucson to take care of his extended family that loved me, and I was pregnant with our first child, a boy named Adam Jr. We celebrated our first anniversary with a trip to the Cayman Islands, snorkeling and eating everything in sight. On the last night, we walked into the restaurant and looked at the dessert case. There were six different cakes and pies, and we got a piece of each. It was pretty glorious. Oh, and we swam with stingrays. Second Anniversary By our second anniversary, AJ was seven months old. I had finished my bachelor's of economics and finance and earned my first six-figure bonus in my new job. We'd bought 40 acres of land with two houses on it in Tucson, and Adam had started his own HVAC and mechanical engineering company with some of the money I had been earning killing it in my new career. We spent the day playing with AJ and watching him. He was pretty cute. Third anniversary. By September of 2013, we had just had our second baby, a gorgeous little girl named Molly, and our business had grown to five employees. We had also completed the purchase of another 121 acres of land next door to our property and raised chickens, pigs, and ducks, as well as rescuing a dozen dogs. We had a quiet evening in a restaurant in town because owning a business and having two babies is exhausting. Fourth Anniversary We had moved back to San Jose by 2014, with Adam taking a job starting an entire controls division for a huge company in the Bay Area. I was happy to be closer to Silicon Valley since I worked in tech and we were both happy to be back in California. We were also pregnant with our third baby, Jasperlin. We got all dolled up and went to the Cheesecake Factory. Fifth Anniversary Pretty much more of the same here. Success, happiness, personal growth. This was the year we discovered music festivals. We attended EDC and were completely hooked on the community and music. We had started to come out of our shells and really enjoy life. Mickeyversary! We spent the evening making music and mixing. Sixth anniversary. By last year, we had fundamentally changed as people. We had learned to embrace all things that made us uncomfortable or were unfamiliar in life, and we had both begun incredible journeys of self-discovery. We celebrated this anniversary by getting a hotel room in San Francisco and having some San Pedro tea. It was amazing! (sighs) The next day was Comic-Con in San Francisco, so we walked around looking at all the awesome costumes. And lucky number seven. 
So needless to say, I wanted a do-over for Vegas. We'd gone back to Vegas a few times, but never for our anniversary. I'd thought about maybe renewing our vows, but more than anything, I just wanted a weekend to celebrate our life and love together. We are both amazing people now. We have completely ruined the lives that we brought into our relationships, which were horrible to begin with. In their place, we've built a life on our own terms, free from negativity or other people's boundaries. We've found happiness, both in each other and within ourselves, and we've learned that the family you choose are far more valuable and important than the family that you were born into. We celebrated our anniversary by taking our much-needed trip to Las Vegas. We had a psychedelic experience at the Beatles Love Show and spent hours laughing until we couldn't breathe. We caught up with one of our best friends, had great food, saw some unseeable things on the strip. Adam made a pastrami sandwich the size of his head at Carnegie Deli. A famous UFC fighter tried to hit on me because he was too drunk to notice my hat matched Adam's. And then he feigned putting Adam in an armbar until he realized that Adam was sober and knew some jujitsu. It was Vegas our way. So here's to ruining the lives that you weren't meant to lead in the first place, building new ones, and rising above the ones who would keep you down. Find your happiness your way. With love, guys. Jackie.